PNV and I've had five orgasms, which is not the case for the majority of women. Hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. I am your host, Monica Yates, the period whisperer, a trauma healer, and an embodiment coach for both men and women. Well, obviously, periods just for women. I am a double Sagittarius, a rising Gemini, an Enneagram 8, and a generator. I know it's a lot. I'm here for it. I help women to get into their magnetic as fuck feminine energy and for men to feel ecstasy and intimacy. In these episodes, I love to talk about things that people are thinking but too afraid to say, as well as educating you on everything that I know in this brain, body, and soul of mine. You can find all the ways to work with me on my website. And with that, let's jump into today's episode. Alrighty, friends. So it is time for another episode about the Sex Life Podcast. Let me check this audio. Hold on. All right. We are good. I'm just trying to um, give you guys as good audio as I can. I've got really fucking high ceilings and so much glass in this apartment, as you guys will soon see with the house tour. Um, So sometimes it can sound a little bit echoey on the recordings, but you know what? Embrace the vibe. The end. Um, Okay. So you guys loved the last episode from, well, this like sex life series that I'm doing, which I'm very, very happy about. Thank you to all of you that have sent me the DMs saying that you have been enjoying it. I really, really appreciate it. And I know it might seem like it doesn't do anything, but actually just it, it does do something because like, again, I had to watch two more episodes, write notes, and then I come on here and then I have to edit it. So like you guys saying, we loved it. We loved it. We loved it. We loved it. And giving me like, thank you for talking about these certain topics. The live had men message me saying, thank you. Oh my gosh, you were so right about the subdom stuff. Like women will never ask for, but like in 90% of my experience, women have wanted it, la la la. All of these messages give me a bit of a nice push to then make another one. So thank you. Um, okay. So firstly, life update for you guys to get you excited. Um, I'm waiting on a few last pieces of furniture for the house, um, just for my office and then it's good to go. And then we're going to give you guys a house tour. We are waiting on artwork. I haven't found the perfect artwork, but I figured honestly, I'm just going to do the house tour for you guys. And then I can do a second house tour once I get in like, you know, more artwork and whatnot. But I feel like it's enough of it is done to give you guys the house tour. So we are going to film that uh, tomorrow and then I'm going to edit it over the weekend and everything. So I think that this weekend or early next week, you guys will have that video on YouTube, which is very exciting. And I'm also going to give you guys a video on how I even got this apartment, the whole process of it, the ups, the downs, all that real side of it as well that I kind of haven't gone too much into like on my Instagram stories and whatnot. Um, so that's to look forward to. Yay. And I've got some big changes happening in my life next week, which I'm not going to tell you guys too much about because honestly, I don't even know what's going to happen with it, but let's just say it's big and it's exciting and it's got nothing to do with the the business. It's me and my personal life. Um, So let's jump in for this next episode. So this episode is based on the episodes of Sex Life um, 3 and 4. So if you haven't listened, if you haven't watched those um, episodes, I definitely would. And a little reminder that Queen Alchemy is open at the moment for enrollment and it will be closing um, at the end of the month or when, when it's full. And we've already had so many of you, like I think literally like 25 of you already submit the like questionnaire things. And then Sarah emails you like the contract and X, Y, and Z. Um, it's just like a simple questionnaire rather than like these random emails going back and forth. The questionnaire isn't like an application. Everyone can join. The questionnaire is just so that, um, 
I can make sure that one one-on-one is enough for you and that Queen Alchemy is a fit rather than Sarah sending a bunch of emails to you back and forth, back and forth. It's just like clear and concise. So only 60 spaces. So if you want to join, make sure that you do. And please don't feel like you're a number. If you are coming to the Zoom calls and you are engaging in the Facebook group, I will 1000% know you. Okay. Um, and the longer that you wait to join my group programs, obviously the bigger they're going to get and the less likely you'll be able to get that one-on-one time with me. So if you're feeling it, I would definitely encourage you to jump in. Okay. Okay. So let's start jumping in to the podcast. Okay. So we've done episodes one and two, and now we're on to episode three and four. So I'm just going to kind of read through my notes and then go from there. So the passive aggressiveness and the silent punishment, the silent punishment from Cooper is not a vibe. So, you know, when he's taking a shower in the morning and then she jumps into the shower being all flirty and like, Oh, I thought we could have a shower together and stuff. And then he kind of rejects her in the shower, which honestly is understandable that he did that. But at the same time, the more they talk about, the more they don't talk about the root of what's happening, the worse it gets. And the thing is, the root isn't, oh, why are you fantasizing about your ex? That's not the fucking problem. The, it, it's it's something so much deeper than that. And Cooper's being triggered by all of this, not just because she's jelly. Can you jelly? Jelly, don't fucking rip my thing. Stop doing that. Um, Cooper is not just jealous about the ex. It's actually this 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 feeling of um, for the character. And as a man of like, I'm not a man, I'm not providing for her enough, right? I'm not, I'm not pleasing her. I'm not giving, giving her what she wants in the bedroom. And remember that men are all about that outwards energy of like, I want to please her. I want to be enough for her. I want to provide for her. It's all like, how can I be the best man for her? So of course he now is feeling like he hasn't been a good enough man for her because this previous ex was pleasing her beyond the fucking bejesus and she's now writing about it in the way of I'm not being pleased right now with Cooper. Does that make sense? And it's not to invalidate um, the fact that her and Cooper have like a, you know, a good, good, safe, secure relationship. It's just that when it comes to sex and when it comes to her femininity and her sensuality, she's not feeling like that cup is being filled by her partner, right? Um, and the other thing that was really apparent in the beginning of this episode is that she really needs more postpartum support and more mums do full stop. Like I see this all the time in my clients of mums not having enough postpartum support and them really feeling like they're losing themselves in this whole process. A lot of them have to go part-time or quit their job, um, or be on maternity leave unless they can hire a full-time nanny. And even if they are hiring a full-time nanny, they can feel this constant push and pull and they feel like they've lost a part of themselves or they're so exhausted by mum life and working and this and that. And their husband's also exhausted that there's never any time for that sexual play, right? We're talking, and this isn't about just having some PNV sex of like, oh, quickly, let's have sex 20 minutes before we go to bed. This is about sexual play. This is about, you know, waking up the next morning with hickeys all over you, right? And and like that we all know that kind of sex, that kind of sex that's fucking nourishing to every inch of your being. That is what she is missing and she's missing that a bit that support where she can feel like she's still allowed to unleash that side of herself. And remember that she was so tapped out, her nervous system was so exhausted by the time she met Cooper that Cooper never really saw this side of herself. 
And I wouldn't say this is a shadow side to herself. I would say this is a part of her. Like I have this part of me. Many of you guys would have seen it on my fucking Instagram stories with my house party. Like depending how much of of my content you watch, you might think that I'm just like, oh, I don't know what you think. You might just think I'm like this certain person, but actually I am wild. I am crazy. I am adventurous. I am an adrenaline junkie. I am a loose cannon. I am unorganized. I am messy. I am lazy. I am energized. I am like literally the full fucking spectrum. I'm all of that. My rising Gemini bitches. And I am a very expressive person. So if she's never shown that side to Cooper, it makes a lot of sense why she feels Like she can't just be like, hey, babe, can you handcuff me? We haven't done that in a while because they've never fucking done it, right? Um, Okay. Um, Yeah, so, you know, mums, any mums listening to this or any mums to be listening to this, please, 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 please consider the price that you will pay if you don't have that postpartum support. And a lot of mums, they don't want to ask for that extra, you know, you know, they don't want to, you know, make their husband pay for that extra thing, or they don't want to pay for the extra thing, or they don't think it's worth it or blah, 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 or they should quote unquote, I fucking hate shoulds, be able to do it themselves. And I just want you guys to remember that chicken nugget that I gave you in Tulum of boom, boom, boom. Sometimes not investing in yourself is more expensive than investing in yourself. And what I mean by that is the expense of you not hiring, let's say a fucking nanny is more expensive more often than not than you hiring a fucking nanny. Because like, to me, is it worth it if you like losing your relationship, losing your sanity, losing yourself because you don't want to spend however much money a week or a year or a month on someone to help you. And it might not even be a nanny. It could be that you have a massage every week. It could be that you have a date night locked in every week. It could be that you have a girl's loose ass cannon night every week. It doesn't matter what it is. And there's no right way to have this postpartum support. It just needs to feel supportive to you. And everyone's idea of support and what that looks like and feels like is different. So it just has to feel good for you and your body. Okay. Okay. Now we're jumping to the elevator scene where um, Billy and Brad go to meet Billy, uh, sorry, Brad's mum. So many characters. I'm like the worst with character names. It's too fucking hard. Okay. So firstly, can we just say that fucking elevator scene is so effing hot. There is nothing sexier than like, whether it's making out with someone in an elevator or literally having sex in an elevator, like the elevator to me is like prime fucking real estate. Unfortunately, the elevator in my building has a security camera that gets heavily watched because I've had the um, bellman like greet me at the elevator when I have too many bags or something when I'm coming down like to travel and they come and grab them and I'm like, oh, how'd you know? And they're like, oh, I'm like, I'm watching the camera. And I'm like, okay, note to self, no more making out in the elevator (laughs) or doing anything else for that matter in the elevator. But what I did love in this scene And just in a lot of the scenes with Brad is that there is such a focus on her pleasure. There is such a focus on her pleasure, which which I am fucking here for. Men that don't focus on a woman's pleasure, I'm like, "Mm, no. And this isn't like a like a selfish thing. It's like it like for example if you're like having sex with a dude and then he's finished and you haven't, and they like don't really acknowledge the fact that that you haven't finished or they think that you have. And I'm like, okay, what chicks are you having sex with? Because you would know if I was having a fucking orgasm because like, it's very, very obvious (laughs) versus like, I haven't, like I haven't had a fucking orgasm. 
anyway, and I, that does just like that, that to me is a bit like, mm, no, when a dude just kind of like, you know, he's done. And then there's not really any focus on me. I'm like, that to me doesn't sit well. And the reason why it doesn't sit well is because like on a deeper level, like the root of that is you don't provide and possibly even like you're not caring for my needs right now. It's about you. And I've been like pushed out of your mind. And then it's like almost like a biological safety response where your female brain is like, "Mm, no, thanks. It's the exact same when like when it comes to like the paying of meals and it's like, well, why does him have to pay? And I'm like, it's actually not about the money. It's not even about the fucking paying. It's about, he is showing you, I can provide for you. I want to provide for you and I want to care for you. So when a man doesn't do that, I'm like, uh, what? Like, and it's not about the money. It's about the deeper thing because like I could pay for the fucking dinners, but I don't want to, because it's not about the money. It's about something deeper. So, um, Yeah. Love the focus on her pleasure. Yum, yum, yum. And I also love the focus on clip pleasure through the whole kind of series, which we can talk more about later once I, once there's more of it in the further episodes, but in this elevator, um, Brad was just getting, sorry, Cooper, no, Brad was getting Billy off just with clitoral stimulation. And I do love that they, they kind of have an emphasis on that. And the show, because so many shows and movies and whatever, just make you think that women just have some like PNV and they've had three orgasms and they're good to go, which in 80% of the time, like, isn't the case. Statistically, 70% of women need both clitoral stimulation and internal stimulation to have an internal orgasm, right? So an internal orgasm feels very different to an external orgasm. And like, even for myself, majority of the time to have an internal orgasm, I need a little bit of, um, external stimulation. And that doesn't mean through the whole period that literally can just be pressure. It can be like, um, because your G spot is like your clitoris and also like your inside G spot. And that can literally be just pressure from like a man lying on you. It can be from like, literally he's just him like pressing his hand, like over my like vulva that, and then him inside of me can give me an orgasm because it's just about like hitting two pressure points at once. So, um, I do love that there is like focus on that and that it's not just about like some PNV because like sex in the city is really bad at that. Sex in the city is just like PNV and I've had five orgasms, which is not the case for the majority of women. And then it makes us feel as women, like we're not doing the right thing. Like we're inadequate in bed and it also makes men feel like that, like women are inadequate in bed or whatever, because porn and then like fucking TV literally will very often just show, except for like some cases, majority of the time will say like over, over 50% of the time it's like P and V and it's like a woman's had an orgasm, which is not the case for the majority of women, especially just in like a basic pose, like in doggy, it's a bit, well, for me, it's easier, um, than if it's just like, missionary, for example, and missionary, I need a little, I need a little something, something to be additional to the whole thing. Um, so I also love that in the elevator scene and just generally with this, with Brad and, um, Billy's sex scenes is that I really hope that it shows people what they actually want and that these quote unquote fantasies are like very normal and you're allowed to want these things. I feel like so many people, are just very like sex in bed, sex behind closed doors, blah, blah, blah. But deep down they want to have like sex in elevators, sex in toilets, like as in like 
bathrooms. Um, like they want to have, they want to be fingered as a man is driving her somewhere. Like all of these situations, like they're so hot and so many people don't allow themselves to give in to their desires. So I just hope that at the very least, um, this show gives you a bit more of like a permission slip or something. Okay. Then let's jump to the shower, like the gym shower scene when, when Cooper has like stalked Brad to the gym. Um, Oh, yeah. <sighs> okay. So fuck his cock. Oh my God. Me and my friends were like, was that real? I'm like, I feel like if that was real, it'd be all over the media. And I would have been, I would have known about this actor having a cock that big because he, that his cock was like literally like to mid thigh. Like you could not surely as a dude, I mean, dudes way in surely as a dude, you could not be walking around going for a run, like literally living your life with a cock that big. I feel like there at least had to be like some of it that was like photoshopped or like fake or whatever. Like, a can you put like an extender on your dick? I don't know. I feel like some part of it had to be, um, made bigger because that was like, like jaw dropping. When I saw, when I, I paused it, I kept rewinding to find the exact, cause I only have like a flash of it. I kept rewinding to find the exact bit and I just paused it. I just stared at it. I was like, Oh my fucking God. Like Billy is right. He is a God. Like that character is a fucking God. And I tell you what, if I was Billy, I would get addicted to him and I would dream about him if he had a cock that big. Right. And also I will say on the topic of cock size for any men that are listening and also for any women that are listening, I think that the media does a very good job kind of being like cock size, cock size, cock size, la la la. I'm going to be frank with you. I like do not pay a heavily, I don't pay, I don't pay a heavy amount of attention to like a dude's cock. Like when one of my girlfriends will be like, did he have a big cock? I'm like, uh, like a normal cock. Like, I don't know, like whatever. It felt good. The end because I'm not like obsessing about size. I, it's more about feeling. It's about, was the sex good? It's about, did I get what I wanted? Did I give him what he wanted? It's more about the sex. When you're focusing on this one thing very much in your head, it's from a headspace. Like you obsess about this thing. And it's like, just because a guy's got a big dick doesn't mean it's good sex, right? I've had sex with guys with big dicks that wasn't that great sex. And I've had sex with, with, for, for guys that like can't get it up because they've been fucking doing coke all night or whatever. And I'm like, but he ate me out for three hours. So I was really fucking happy. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it, it, it depends on so much more than just the cock size and so many things can affect that as well. So I just want to say for any guys that are like insecure about cock size or they worry about the size of their cock, if you are pleasing a fucking woman and if you are making her feel cherished and special and wanted and ravished, like she won't, if she's a good woman, she won't care as much about your cock size. She won't even fucking notice it because she's just too busy, like in the fucking clouds. Um, and you can be shit in bed with a big cock and I don't give a fuck. Like if you're not going to, if you're not going to please me and have sex for three hours with me, then like, I don't care. And I said this last time guys, right. Of like, even if you had a big cock and it was only sex for 20 minutes and you gave me one orgasm, I would probably not see you again. But if you had a, well, I don't know whether, whatever, I'm just being blunt here, but if you had a medium sized cock, but we had sex for three hours and it was like, fucking amazing, then I would definitely want to see you again, like quote unquote. So what I'm saying is 
the cock size doesn't really mean that much um, in the whole scheme of things. That was just like a tangent, but I just want to remind you guys of that. Just like breast size doesn't mean that much. And yes, we can have a preference. Like, and, and the fucking preference is obviously a good cock, but doesn't make like if you are in love with someone and they don't have the biggest cock you've ever seen, I really hope to God that you wouldn't like end the relationship because of that, right? Just like you would hate to think that a man was like, oh no, I can't date her because her boobs aren't big enough. Do you know what I mean? Um, your boobs aren't values. If he, if he was like, I can't date you because our values are d- different, that's valid. But if he was like, I can't date you because your boobs are too big or too small, I'd be like, okay, bye. Right? The end. Hold on. Okay. So that was the cock thing. (laughs) That was the cock comment on that that note. Okay. The next thing was, I was very happy when Billy admitted that the drama was addicting, addictive, like yay, go Billy. So hats off to her for realizing it, um, that in the future that her like past relationship with Brad was really fucking addicting. That was fantastic because majority of people can't even realize that all that, oh no, you know what? Actually, a lot of people know it's addicting and then they stay addicted to it because the thing is you can know you're addicted to something. We almost joke about it. Like people are fucking addicted to everything. People are addicted to their victimization. People are addicted to being wounded. People are addicted to the fact that there are no good men. People are addicted to their shitty dating stories. People are addicted to sex. People are addicted, maybe me sometimes. (laughs) People are addicted to shopping. People are addicted to bad eating habits, bad exercising habits, and they can be under-exercising or it could be over-exercising. People could be addicted to fucking, I don't know, eating ice cream on a Thursday. People are addicted to so many things and they like know it, but they don't want to change because they're addicted to their addiction. Oh, funny that. They're addicted to their addiction because their addiction gives them something. It gives them a label. It allows them to feel like, oh, this is my problem. And because I can put a label on it, it's now okay. And this is just like so fucking prevalent in business, in relationships, in, you know, self-sabotage. People do it all the fucking time. So what are you addicted to? And you don't want to break that addiction. Jumping in with a quick reminder, ladies, that there are so many options in ways that you can work with me, whether you want to just dip your toes in and get the bundle or MMM level one, or whether you want to go all out and be a one-on-one client with me. Remember for one-on-ones, I book out in advance usually, and I don't really advertise them on my Instagram story or anything. So if you want that, make sure you DM me. It is a large investment. So make sure that you are ready to invest a large amount of time and you will get a large amount of fucking results. I can guarantee that. Also, Queen Alchemy is starting so soon for the last round of the year and we are only doing two rounds every year now. So this is your chance to join Snooze You Lose. And to all the women that have joined this round of Baba, I am so excited to start with you guys very, very shortly and film these live modules that you guys can access to straight away in your Kajabi portal with everything else. And then we obviously start the Zoom calls in September for all the healing work with me live. So make sure they are locked in your calendar and make sure that you've booked in your one-on-one as well. If you're a Baba client, do not forget that um, if you want to get a good time in my calendar. Think about that. Okay. The next thing is um, when the stepdad walks in. Okay. So you know when um, Brad and Billy are seeing 
Brad's mum, and then the stepdad walks in. Okay, well, this stepdad is bad fucking news. Number one, we can all we can all identify that. I fucking hope. Um, the dad is a C U N T. Actually, is what he is. I've. I do not use that word, but when someone is that much of a horrible person, I'm like, "Mm, that's pretty valid. So that's what he is. He is super manipulative. Now, what I want you guys to differentiate from is that further on in episode three and four, people might think that, no, it was actually like after the fight even, what I'm going to say in a second was that his, sorry, Brad's response to the whole thing was not what I would classify as like narcissistic, but what the stepdad was doing was narcissistic. So the stepdad was saying like, you always do this, like blah, 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 like saying all these horrible, horrible things. And he was just trying to power trip him. Right. And he was trying to get a reaction out of him. That is really narcissistic, right? It was just, it's, I don't know whether it's narcissistic. It's just like fucking being a sociopath. It's just really fucking mean. Right. But, the, but notice the difference between how he was manipulating Brad of like your stepdad, that's why he left you, la la la, versus when Brad is like obviously triggered by that and then him and Billy are screaming and crying on the street and Brad is like, you know, you will, why did, like, you're a dirty woman, why do you sleep with me on the first night? You know, like saying all those really mean things, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was like horrible things that he was saying and of like, if you're the shrink, you should know why this is happening, la la la. Now, some people might go, oh my God, that's narcissistic. I don't see that as narcissistic, hear me out, because it's very evident that it's coming from like a brokenhearted place. And this is coming as a protective mechanism versus the stepdad that wasn't coming as like a, he wasn't like triggered and and visibly emotionally hurt. He was being a fucking C-U-N-T. Does that make sense? Versus when Brad was then reacting to the whole thing, he was really distraught and he, and the stepdad had really said some mean things to him. So he was then projecting onto Billy. I don't say that as manipulation. Now, if you read my latest article in unedited and I talked about this, I talked about narcissism and I talked about how to differentiate between the two and that, that I'm not, I'm not the kind of person that slaps a label on people very easily because a lot of people can be a little bit manipulative and can gaslight a bit and can be a bit mean because they are triggered and they're having a reaction to something and they're not trying to get a power trip. Like it's not as conscious. It's not from a narcissistic kind of place. It's from like a brokenhearted help me place. And that's their way of crying out for help versus the stepdad wasn't like crying out for help, right? The stepdad was actually just getting off is all is all that was happening. Okay. So um then of course that like interaction that Billy and Brad had on the street would have made Billy feel unsafe. And, but the butt thing is though, is she would have felt unsafe. So it's like, oh my God, bitch, you should run, leave him. He's an asshole. Well, her emotional female side would have wanted to help him more. Now, especially as a shrink, quote unquote, like a therapist, someone that's into helping people will have a harder time getting out of these sticky situations because they want to help the person. Hold on, sip of tea. And I mean, fuck, I have to be aware of this because I often want to do this. I often want to fucking help everybody because I see all of their pain and their trauma now. So because she is very good at seeing people's pain and seeing people's trauma and X, Y, and Z, just obviously studying it, him doing this is only going to want to make her save him more 
which is going to make her more addicted to him. And then when he takes her back and they're kissing, he's like, she's like, oh my God, I've saved him. Right. And then it's like, there we go. Another fucking addiction happening. Right. Another hit of dopamine, a hit of dopamine, adrenaline, oxytocin and serotonin. So, um, yes. Okay. I said that a little bit. Um, okay. When she's asking herself, why can't I stop thinking? Okay. I'm jumping a little bit, but this is because it's my notes. So that's the whole thing about the street situation of that flashback. Then she is, I think she's like at the car picking Cooper up from the station. Right. And she's thinking to herself and she asks herself, why can't I stop thinking about Brad when Cooper is the one that makes me feel safe? Now this bitch is because it is a chemical reaction that is going on in her brain. She doesn't have any, I told her about his last episode. She doesn't have any control over it. So when she's like, why can't I stop thinking about Brad when Cooper's the one that made me feel safe? It's because Cooper isn't the one that you're addicted to, right? Cooper's the one that makes you feel safe. And this is why it can take people so long to get into healthy relationships because they will run away more easily from the safe, quote unquote, boring, quote unquote, vanilla, quote unquote, easy relationships. And they will run for those addictive, rushy relationships. Right. And like, I say this to my clients all the time, like when you've jacked your nervous system from enough trauma, from enough ups and downs, from enough stress, from enough moving around, from enough of the unknown, from enough anything, most of us have a pretty jacked nervous system that will make you be addicted more likely to the traumary relationships like these, like Billy and Brad's because it's like familiar. And then when you go and date someone, quote unquote, vanilla, your nervous system's like, and this is boring. So then you don't keep dating them, but it's not that they're boring. It's actually that your nervous system isn't used to it. But when you rewire your nervous system, you actually start to be like, oh, I want to be in this safe relationship. Like this feels good to my body rather than mm, this feels boring. Does that make sense, everybody? Okay. Um, so uh, next thing I was going to say is with the chemical reaction is that it's not something that she can just forget. It's like, I don't forget what skiing feels like, even though I only ski for like two months out of the year, I get addicted to it. I do. I've said this a million times before. I get addicted to skiing. It is a rush. If you are like a crazy skier like I am, you get it. There is no better feeling than waking up and knowing it's a fucking powder day. That shit makes me fly out the front door. And then when you are flying over powder and you've got music in your ears and you are just flying down the mountain, like if you're not a skier, you won't understand this, but like imagine your legs being so on fire that you actually think they're going to fucking break and fall off. Like you can't move. They're that much on fire and you just keep going. Like you can't stop. Like when you're going down a double black in powder, you actually can't stop. Like you are flying because you can't carve. So you can't stop and your legs are about to burn off and it's the best feeling ever. And adrenaline kicks in and it's the best feeling fucking ever. And just me saying that makes me go, Oh, I can't wait for skiing. So it's so easy to get addicted to these things. And then you look back on them and that's why you remember them. That's why you keep wanting them because they're fucking addictive, right? Um, just like getting on the plane is addictive to go traveling somewhere. Just like, you know, 
I don't know, going to your favorite holiday destination or having that sip of wine at the end of the night where your body goes, oh, I don't really relax. All that stuff is addictive and there are good addictions and there are like okay addictions and there are bad addictions, right? Being addicted to adrenaline all the time is not a good addiction. Going skiing two for two months in a year and being addicted to that adrenaline that is like a healthy adrenaline as in like, it's still the same adrenaline, but I'm not getting it. I'm not like addicted to a person that's putting me in bad situations, right? It's like, I'm addicted to like something that's like really good for my body. And I'm also releasing a pile of serotonin that to me would be like a fine addiction being addicted to wine every night. Maybe not so fine. Right? So a little chicken nugget for you guys. And if you don't have my attachment styles masterclass from the bundle, then you should definitely get that is if you are dating anyone that gives you a push slash pull, you will get addicted to it. I get addicted to it. So if I get addicted to the push slash pull, then you will as well. You need to run as fast as you fucking can as soon as you get a hint of that push and pull, okay? Because it is not easy to leave these relationships, especially once you're sucked in. And it's not easy to lose to, to leave these relationships full stop. This is why it is so important that you have someone on your side that is going to hold you accountable, that is going to help you have me on your side, that's going to help you get out of these fucking situations and break the addiction in your brain and your body. Okay. Okay. Jumping forward. So when Brad came over to Billy's apartment after the fight, breakup, whatever the fuck happened on the street and tells her his story, this is going to further bring them together, which is fine because he's opening up and being vulnerable, which is a good thing. But what I want to highlight here that's important for me to mention to you guys is that I feel like so many of us push down our childhood and tell ourselves that I'm fine. And what I do love about this scene, like a couple of really good things have been brought up in this show multiple things. Let's just like, let's, let's put some positive in here quickly. One, the postpartum struggle Two, kinky sex. Most people fucking want, and people don't fucking announce it. Three, um, the inner child stuff we have to deal with. Like I was really happy that this childhood stuff is brought up and making people aware of like your childhood does affect your relationship. Like, let's remember that. And, um, there was something else that I'm really glad that was brought up here. Oh, just the struggles that people can have when they are not getting their needs met in relationships and and also the struggles that men have as well when they feel their masculinity being threatened in this kind of way, which is totally normal. Okay. So yeah, when Billy come, when Brad comes over to Billy's apartment, what I wanted to highlight here is that if, when we push down our childhood and we just tell ourselves, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. It's just bullshit because the reality is that if you have spent your whole life not being loved by a parent, not feeling, not feeling wanted by a parent, feeling rejected by a parent, not feeling like not getting a birthday card every week, every month, every week, every, geez, every year by a parent, that will affect you even as a grown man. It doesn't matter if you don't think it's a big deal. It doesn't matter if you're like, oh no, it's fine. It's fine. Like honestly, it's not a big deal. It is a big fucking deal. And until you heal it, it will continue to affect your life. I have met the strongest men that have a million and one wounds and they just push them down because they tell themselves, I'm fine. You are not fine. You are not fine. And it, and you guys know this, it just breaks my heart so much 
to see these men in this kind of pain and see anyone in this kind of pain, but men especially because they have this whole macho thing of, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I don't need help. I don't need help. I don't need help. Guys, I want to help you. It is sexy when a man has gone and done this stuff on himself. Why? Because then he can be the man for the women, which is fucking hot. So if you are a man listening to this, please announce it to your fucking friends that doing this shit is sexy. And I am working on a program for men, which I think will come in November. So keep a lookout. Okay. Um, the next thing is, oh yeah. And obviously for women, queen alchemy, it's the fucking thing to do to heal all this stuff. Okay. When Billy and Cooper are having sex in the car, one, it highlights that car sex is, is really hard, which is true. Two, it highlights that men really do feel shit when they can't get it up and they feel like they can't provide, which I was saying before, right? Cooper's stressed. He's been exhausted from the day. He's got a million things on his mind. He can't get it up. He feels like less of a man. Hence he goes, no, we are fucking having sex because he does not want to validate Billy's story of I'm not getting what I want in the bedroom, right? Two, I was so not impressed to see that she kept saying slow down and he wasn't listening. Uh, no. But on that, two things here. One, he may not have heard her, like his ears would have heard her, but because men are single focused, he could have just been focusing on finishing and he didn't register her as like, he didn't register her slow down, like when she was saying that, like his brain didn't register it, but his ears heard it, if that makes sense. You know how sometimes you can like hear things, but your brain hasn't registered it? That's what I'm talking about. And two, it also highlighted that this was an opportunity for her to speak her truth way more than just slow down. And so many women struggle with this. And it's really hard, right? Because generally speaking, and at this, like Cooper doesn't want to hurt her. He's doing the fucking opposite. Generally speaking, men aren't trying to hurt us. Men aren't trying to get power over us or abuse us or anything like that. Um, men want us to, I was saying this in the last episode as well, like men want to please us. They want to be there for us. And we also have an, have a role, have a duty just like they do to speak up. So like ladies, if you're having sex and you don't want to, don't just be like, don't just say like, maybe another time, because he might take that as try harder, right? Like show her more that she's desired. So you need to give him a hard no and not just like, no, no because that can be taken as a flirty no of like, try harder, right? I mean, I've done that in the past. I'm like, mm, don't, don't. But really I'm like, fuck me, right? At the same time. And that's confusing for guys because it's a confusing message. And they're like, what the fuck? So you need to be clear with your fucking nose of like a hell no, that ain't happening next buddy. Or you need to be clear that you're being flirty. Like make it obvious to them. Don't make it ambiguous. Okay. Um, didn't also love that. I didn't love that Cooper isn't very focused on her pleasure. Not a vibe. Remember all in like also in episode one, he's like watching the TV and stuff and doesn't really care about her pleasure. I mean, that would not fucking go down well with me. Anyway, I need a man that, that loves long amounts of sex. Okay. Um, so on this topic of when a man isn't focused on us, why this is like hard for women and makes us feel really empty. And you could see that, right? You could see that in Billy's eyes. She's a good actress. You could see that in Billy's eyes. It makes us feel like there isn't a connection. And remember that 
women's brains equate attention to connection. This even goes for one night stands, ladies. Even if you are having casual sex with someone where there isn't like a romantic, like I love you connection, there is like respect. There is a connection. Okay. So he is pleasing you. And when he pleases you, you feel like we have a connection. Okay. He doesn't need to even feel like we have a connection. It's about your brain being like your biology being like, oh, we have a connection because attention is on you and then you feel pleased. So when you're not being pleased, you then feel like there isn't a connection. So your biology gets really sad. Your brain gets really sad of like, oh, we don't have a connection and it can make you feel numbed out and distant as a coping mechanism. Okay. Okay. Next thing. Um, all right. Then on the phone call, you know, when there's like the FaceTime and, oh, what's, um, Billy's friend's name, her best friend. I can't remember. You know, when the best friend and Brad are having sex and Brad puts it on FaceTime for Billy to watch, obviously that's fucking intoxicating to her brain. And then she had an orgasm watching it and she would have been watching it, wishing that was her in it and remembering of all the things that fucking Brad did to her. And I mean, that's just asking for the addiction to be proliferated. So that was fantastic. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's that. That's the last thing on there. The thing I want to also say is that Brad isn't actually trying to be a bad guy or an asshole by the looks of things. And I'm, I'm going off the tattooing policy, right? Of like, there is a genuine, I love you. And there is that genuine, genuine energy there. So I'm not saying that Brad is like an asshole, toxic dude. It's just that some of his behavior is very wounded from his past. If he clean, if he cleaned up his childhood, it wouldn't be, he, he wouldn't be showing up in this kind of, this kind of way. Right. Um, so all that happens is that Brad gets triggered by something and then that's when his behavior is really, really unhealthy. And I will say also as a last thing, even though I'm a very sexual person, his need to finger her like all the time may be slightly overboard. Um, and this is like dependent on each of you. Like this, you need to tune into what feels right for you in your relationship. Like if you're with your partner and it's always about sex, and this, and it's not like a, it's not like a sexual relationship, as in it's not like a friends with benefits thing. And it's and you're with your partner, and it's always about sex. It do, does beg the question of whether your partner gets validation out of making you finish, which we all do. We all get validation out of making our partner finish, but an overly unhealthy amount of validation, or, or having like this constant need of like I'm enough if she gets off like there is a line, right? There is a line where like, if you're in a tattoo parlor, like a good kiss could like suffice for the average person. You don't need to like get her off in order to feel like the man all the time. So I definitely feel like Brad's got like some masculinity issues as well of feeling enough. And he gets this enough feeling from getting Billy off all the time, if that makes sense. And making Billy feel addicted to her makes him feel enough, right? So that's just like a question. There's a question for you guys to ponder on as well for your own relationships, if that suits you anyway. Okay. Well, hopefully those notes were, uh, mind opening for you guys. I'm going to go lay out in the sun for a little bit. The sun has come out and I need to keep my tan going. Got to keep that golden glow happening. Um, a reminder that Queen Alchemy is open for enrollment last time this year. I'm very excited. I'm also very excited to start Baba with all of my ladies in my completely 
beautiful home that's all done and dusted. And I'm going to make each call like a different scene around my apartment. So you get as many vibes as fucking possible. That is the energy of it. Anyway, please let me know what you guys got out of this podcast. I'd love for you to share it as usual because it'd be really helpful to so many of your friends. I have absolutely no doubt. Um, also just remember guys, like these are just characters in a TV show and I'm obviously like adding, um, assumptions to things, but the intention of the podcast series is just to help you to maybe become more aware about some patterns and just to maybe realize some of your own, you know, wounding yourself. That is then an invitation to obviously work on so that you can feel free in your actions and in yourself and feel confident and feel like you don't need to go about things in a wounded kind of way. Okay. Um, last thing I also want to say is that I've had some questions about, and I'm not doing, I'm not talking about this on my Instagram. I've had some questions about the New York city, um, vaccine mandate thing where basically now in order for you, and this starts like middle of September now in order for you guys to like now in order for us to get into a restaurant or a bar or a club or a gym or any indoor venue, basically you have to show proof of vaccination. Um, and I have trained myself to not be really reactive. So when I saw this, I wasn't like freaked out. I do not think that it will last. Um, it is so against human rights. Like whether you are vaccinated, whatever your stance is on vaccination does not matter. This is now a human rights issue. Um, anyway, so I'm not really going to be talking about it on my Instagram. Um, I unfortunately can't attend any of the protests either because I do not want to sabotage my visa. That is most important. But what I will say is that I wouldn't be surprised if this is going to happen like for a little bit of time as like a scare tactic. I do think that it is a fear tactic because you, they've given us a month and a half to get this done. Whereas when France did it, it didn't seem like a fear tactic because France, it was like, it's happening next Monday, right? Like it was such a fast turnaround. So I am hoping that this is just a little fear tactic where um, it, it means that like people that don't think for themselves all rush and get it, get vaccinated. And then, you know, the mayor or whatever they call him is like, oh, now majority of people are vaccinated. We don't have to do this anymore. Um, I also hope there's enough pressure and everything from the hospitality industry because I've been reading some articles and a lot, there's been a lot of backlash and, you know, a lot of hospitality people have been saying, this isn't my job. Like my job isn't to police people. Um, we don't have time for this. Like imagine now every time you want to walk into Whole Foods or into like a pharmacy or something or into a shop, you have to get like your vaccination card checked. I just think that it's going to completely fuck the economy. It's going to completely cause a mass exodus from New York city. And I do not think that it will last. So I am being very responsive to this. I'm not being reactive. I am going about it in my own way. If there is a will, there is a way. Um, and I don't think I've thought about this very thoroughly, to be honest, um, or maybe they have, maybe they've got some other crazy ass plans. I don't fucking know, but I am hoping that it is just a fear tactic. Um, also they have done this thing in, uh, London or in the UK where you can get now a, um, immunity passport where basically if you've had COVID and you still have the antibodies, you get like a immunity card, which basically says that you're immune rather than that you're vaccinated. Um, cause like, I guess in kind of in a way it's like a similar thing, right? The bottom line is, well, actually I know a lot of people right now that, that are, have COVID and they are vaccinated. So lol to them and I'm not vaccinated. Um, and I've been around people that 
like have got, have, have COVID and gotten COVID and they're vaccinated and they have it and I'm not vaccinated and I still don't have it again. I'm like, I've got a good body. Thank you very much. Anyway. So basically the immune card is like kind of the same thing in that like, I'm not carrying it. I'm not spreading it. Lol, la, la, lol, because the vaccinated people are the ones now spreading it or something. Anyway, whatever. It's a discussion for another time. The point being is ladies, don't be stressed about it. Try and respond, not react. We've got a month and a half to sort it out. Um, you know, get creative, just get creative. You do not need to get vaccinated, get creative. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Get creative and, um, try not to stress about it too much. I honestly, I honestly feel like even if they did implement it for a few months, there's no way that it would carry out. And there's no way that every single restaurant and bar would be checking everywhere. Um, because like even in New York, for example, I never get ID checked unless I'm walking into like more of a club type situation. If I'm walking into a bar that turns into a club and I'm walking in about Friday night at 8 PM, I'll get ID'd. When I ask for a margarita at a restaurant, I never get ID'd ever. And let's remember that the drinking age here is 21. So it's a lot more likely for me to be ID'd here because like I am younger. Um, but yeah, so like, I just can't imagine that now every single fucking place is going to really spend their time checking a million vaccine cards. So just don't, try not to stress about it too much. Try not to stress. The French are very, very law-abiding citizens. Americans, we are outspoken as fuck. So I would be assuming I've already seen stuff for protests on Monday. Um, so I am going to assume it's going to be a massive backlash for human rights issues. And uh, whether you're vaccinated or not, I hope that you are agreeing with this. That this has now like gone too fucking far. And I understand people's points of, well, this is like their way of trying to get people vaccinated and people to take it seriously because the Delta variant, la, la, la. And I understand that. And there are different ways to go about this. But now what's happening is we're basically dividing those that are vaccinated and not vaccinated. And basically it's like, oh, if you're choosing to not do something, like not put a, dr a trial drug is my issue. You're choosing to not put a trial drug in your body and now you can't live your life. That's, that's, that's now human rights being taken away for an issue that is like just stupid in my fucking opinion. Anyway, I want to say that last little bit for you guys because I've had so many DMs about it and I'm not talking about it on my Instagram. So um, yeah, like if you want to DM me or whatever, like we can, but I'm, I, I can't guarantee a response from me. Um, I've got a little bit of time lately because I'm not, I don't have as many clients right now until the next round of Queen Alchemy starts. So I've got a bit more time to buy, be in my DMs than usual, but otherwise, um, for the majority of the time, I'm like not going to really reply about this stuff because, um, I don't really, don't really have much to say about it. Like I'm honestly just like waiting it out. I'm not reacting to it. I'm responding to it. I know that I can manifest something and I know that you guys can manifest something as well. Okay. Beautiful. Please share this podcast. Please share it with a friend. And, um, thank you guys for listening. Please leave a review if you haven't already. And thank you about joining Queen Alchemy.